yesterday that I want to share with you. This comes from Max Licato, as does the inspiration for this message. He has a new book out, Hope. He's been writing books now for many, many years, and this is his 40th book. We know that the Israelites wandered around in the desert for 40, for 40 days, pardon me, 40 years. But Jesus wandered around 40 days after he was baptized and was tempted by the devil during that, that period of time. 40 is a very important number in the Bible, as is 7. But this book tying in with the spiritual nature of each and every one of Max's books is, is adequately described and appropriately described as hope. Max pointed out that since 1999, suicides have increased 29%. 29% since 1999. Since that period of times, look how far we have advanced with computers. I mean, those things do everything but talk for us. And sometimes they even do that, don't they, John? See? I mean, it's unbelievable. Mine, mine doesn't talk for me, but I'm sure John's does. But we have all of these things, the telephones, the cars, the jet planes. You know, we're more advanced than our grandparents or parents could have even imagined. And yet, where's the joy? More people than ever are committing suicide. Where's the joy? As Max says, this tells us that these individuals have chosen death because they have no hope for the future. No hope for the future. And I would go a step further and say they did not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, I know individuals that have accepted Christ as their Savior that have committed suicide. But once we really truly know Him, once we get into His writings and study, not just put it on the bookshelf and say, hey, I've got a Bible over there, but study it. Have Bible studies in your home, in church, but grow in the Word of Jesus Christ. For when you read the Word of Jesus Christ, you find reason for hope. It's in there. It has been there ever since the beginning. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. You can tell I wasn't planning on doing this. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was with the creation. And it goes on to talk about the creation and that God spoke into existence. Heaven and earth, the oceans, it all. The human beings. God spoke and it happened. We know without a doubt, and maybe that's too much of a generality for some of you, but I know I personally have grown to the point that I have no doubt in the word that is printed. No, I haven't always had. And I was like 11, 12, 13 when I was baptized, but I haven't always had that knowledge and that faith that Jesus Christ is my Lord and that everything that is written about Him and preceding Him, everything is true. And in that, there is hope. For He is never going to leave you and me alone. Never. If we go out to Him in our prayers, in our studies, He's there. There are situations that you have experienced, and I have been there with you during the last decade or more, some very, very difficult times. Some very difficult times. But you went to the Lord in your personal relationship with Him, and in Him you had hope that you would get through these situations. All situations. It could be marital relationships. It can be death in a family. It can be financial. It can be because you've lost contact with your children. You, you don't even know where they are. A friend of mine in Lubbock went two years not even knowing where her daughter was. She, she started in on drugs, ran away when they lived in Amarillo. And for two years, she had no idea even if she was alive. But she stayed in touch with the Lord. She had a, an uncle that was in the Bataan Death March. And during that period of time in the Bridge Over River Quay, he was in both of those places, they had no idea if he was alive. But they had faith and hope. And eventually, the daughter came back. And when she did, she had a new commitment to God. The family doesn't even know what took place during those two years. But whatever it was, she came back to God in a way that was so beautiful. She had a voice of an angel. She would sing all the time. I went where she was performing many, many times. She and her husband and some other friends. and You know, just a gorgeous voice. And she was praising the Lord. She had been there. The uncle, he had been there. They had both been to hell and back. When I say back, they came back to Jesus Christ. And the prayers were answered. Mom and dad never gave up that hope. 
They never gave up on it. We know. We know that God is unchanging. The critics would say, yes, that book's over 2,000 years old. That's just Jesus Christ. That doesn't even go into the Old Testament. How can it be true? The reason it can be true is because God never changes. You know, Wayne changes. You change. We change our, our, our thoughts, our ideas. We change from this house to that house. God never changes. You know, I know a lot of people that used to like the Dallas Cowboys. That has changed. God never changes. Not at all. So when you read this word and you hear His promises, know that that is His promise for you today. Today. Over 2,000 years, and yet is as current as this morning's news. It is as real. It is as real, and you can depend on it. As you read through the Word, when you hear or you, you read His promises, know that He's promising that very same thing to you. In the book of Joshua, the 21st chapter. So the Lord gave Israel all the land He had sworn to give their ancestors. And they took possession of it and settled that. Obviously, that was after the 40 years of wandering around in the desert. They were given all the land that Abraham had been promised. The Lord gave all of their enemies into their hands. It wasn't just a cakewalk. Well, there's nobody here, so we'll walk in and this is where we'll uh, put our tent. There were wars. There were battles. And God was with them each step of the way. Most people are familiar with the, the battle of Jericho and that story, but there were other stories as well. But God was with them always. Not one of all of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Every one of them. Every one. The promises that Moses made when he was talking to the Israelites, he did not see the completion of it, and neither did those that were with him at that time, with the exception of two. Joshua and Cain. But the others didn't because they did not believe God. Let us not be guilty of not believing God. When He says He loves you unconditionally, don't go back into your closet and pull out this trash that is bugging you. It's gone. As far as God is concerned, it is gone. And that is a promise. That He will remember that no more once you have come to Him and asked for the forgiveness. 
He already knew what it was, as we said this morning. He already knew what your sins were. But we have so much trouble in verbalizing it. It's our pride. Oh, I can't repeat that. I wouldn't even tell my best friend that. Well, no. But how about telling God? He is closer to you than your best friend. Your very best friend. He is always faithful to you. Always. You have experienced those times in which you thought you were totally alone. Totally alone. And you found that you did have a friend. You did have the friend in Jesus Christ. He is faithful to His children. Just as He was to the Israelites. Abraham was promised descendants that would equal the number of the stars in the sky, sand of grain, grains of sand on the beaches. Kind of got a late start, didn't he? He was a hundred. A hundred years old when God fulfilled that promise to him. And even at that, Abraham was asked to take his son up and sacrifice him for God. What did Abraham do? He followed God's instructions. He built the altar. He was prepared to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, the only heir that could lead to this mass population. And he was stopped before plunging the knife into his son. He did what he was asked to do. And God did what he said he would do in blessing Abraham with these millions of descendants. True to every one of the words, every one of the scriptures that you read in there, the Old Testament, the New Testament, don't throw the Old Testament out. For it's on the Old Testament that we build the New Testament. We see the promises. We see the promises of a Messiah. And then we see the fulfillment of the promises with Jesus Christ. And then we see such people as the disciples that share the word with people. No matter what the consequences and ultimately it meant their death. All but John. They spoke the word that Jesus Christ had given them. The words that Jesus Christ had given them. John, and you know this one well, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his own begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but you will have everlasting life. You don't see any kind of conditions in this. It doesn't say if you do this, if you do that, if, you, if you're the president of your Sunday school class, or if you are a deacon, or if you're in church uh, 80% of the time, there's no qualifications. 
for God so loved the world that he gave his son for you and for me. We have people out on the highway this very moment. We have people that have not been in church in years. And God loves each and every one of us unconditionally. That's what he died for. The 17th verse, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Love is the basis. Your hope is based on the fact that Jesus Christ loves you. You hope that your, your family will be blessed. Because Jesus Christ loves you. There may be friction in the family and you're at odds with someone in your family and it's very, very painful. Very painful. But you can rest assured that God so loved the world. He doesn't leave you where He found you. You're changed. You are better. When you go through these trials, these tribulations, as painful as they are, you come out on the other side better than you ever were before. When you come out on that other side, you know it was not you. You didn't do it. Let's say that you were a field goal kicker in a ball game today and you put it through the uprights. You might think, Hey, that's all about me. You and I get into situations that we have absolutely no control over. No control. It might have to do with our, our, the jobs that we have. It may have to do with the rain that provides the moisture that we need for the wheat. Things that we have no control over. But He does. He loves you. You will have those situations in which family members are sick and you're by their bedside. And you may see a very real miracle. A very real miracle. This morning I was talking to a guy that has gone through so many times to the hospital in the last year. I don't even know how many it is. And he's been right there on the brink of death but he has never given up on God and God has never given up on him. He has said this morning, if God wants him, I'm ready. I got my bags packed. I know where I'm going. And that is such a comfort to know without a doubt that wherever you're going is better than where you are today. Some people just think that living now is as good as it gets. Well, right now, I don't know about you, but it ain't all that great. Not when you pick up the newspaper and you see what happened in Pittsburgh. Not when you see what they did to a nominee for the Supreme Court. Not when you see all these headlines. All of these headlines. of One killing after another of innocent people. It's a troubled world. But what He is offering you and me is comfort today. Comfort. But someday, you will have the epitome 
of heavenly bliss. No trials, no tribulations, no body aches, no arthritis, no nothing. It will all be good. It will all be good. We know that God does not lie. He cannot lie. If there is one lie in this book, then that gives us reason to doubt everything else. If I find an acquaintance of mine has lied about anything, from that point on, I question, when they tell me something, is this the truth or not? Let me assure you, this book has no lies in it. Not even one. You know, when you go see your doctor, a lot of times you don't know what they just said. They use those words that, you know, they get paid by those big words. And you leave and you turn to the other person and say, what did he say? There are words in here that I don't understand. But the more I study it, the more I read, the more it makes sense. And so I have that responsibility to dig into it so I can know what he wants of me. What he wants of me. Rest assured, your trust in Jesus Christ will never, ever be something that you regret. Never. Trusting in Him. There will be times that you have weak knees and you wonder. You will wonder, is this going to be the time? Because my loved one has been sick so long. The prayers haven't been answered. Sometimes we're grateful that the answer is no. And sometimes the greatest answer is when our loved one goes to heaven and no longer suffers. Jesus Christ will answer your prayer. He will not forsake you. We are blessed because we have the Holy Word. We have books that we can go to, we can study, and we can grow in it. And the more we grow and the more we visit about it, the more we get excited about our Lord and our Savior. The blessings of Jesus Christ never end. Never end. And He will not forsake you. As I said earlier, never will He forsake you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You, dear Lord, that we have this roadmap. It's not like a Google roadmap. It's not like that at all. This roadmap is for salvation. This roadmap tells us that God never lies, He never compromises His word. Whatever He speaks, is true.
for these blessings, Lord, and so many others, uncountable blessings. We say thank you. And I say thank you for each person that is sitting here and those that are with us by, by telecast, that each and every one will feel that Holy Spirit this very moment, a peace, a special peace that could only come from you. For it is in Christ's holy name we pray. I got called away this morning to miss church, and I hate to miss church. I hate to miss the pastor preaching. But I called to the fire, and if you smell it, when I came in, I smelled like smoke a little bit. I changed shirts, but I didn't take a shower or nothing like that. But, you know, we've been to a fire this morning, the fire of the Holy Spirit. And when you leave here, you're going to be different. You're gonna, you, you may not physically smell different, but you're going to be different because you've been touched by the Spirit. Through our pastor, he's fixing to turn pages in his ministry. But his ministry is not over by a long shot. He may be, it may be changing here in Quan a little bit. We'll still get to see him hopefully from time to time. He won't forget where we still live. And we'll probably meander down to where he's at occasionally and, and, and berate him a little bit. But this morning I was at a fire in, in, in Vernon, and, and the uh, homeowner was sitting out back, total loss. And all the fire department wanted me to do was pull the meter and get out of there. So I thought, oh, good, I'll get back in time for church, maybe, or at least for lunch. You know, I don't miss lunch today. <laughs> That's what's important. No, not actually what's important, getting to hear the pastor preach. But I, I, pulled the, I pulled the meter, and I was leaving, and, and the family's all sitting back out in the back, and it's kind of a scrap yard in the back, and they're sitting on a trailer and changing shoes. The guy's changing shoes. I guess he'd been walking in the fire and messed up his shoes. And, and I said, how you doing? He said, I lost everything. And I said, man, I'm sorry for your loss, and I left. And after I left, you know, I thought, man, I should have said a little more, should have, you know, been more encouraging, you know, just other than, you know, uh, I said somebody been a pretty day, at least it's a pretty day, and he said, well, not when you, not when you lost everything. But, you know, we've, we've come today to the fire, and I hope we've surrendered everything. We've surrendered everything of our heart, and realized what's important, what I, should, what I wished I'd shared with a man was that you haven't lost the love of God. You know, we've got joy, even when we've lost everything, we've still got joy that's more... Uh, it's hard sometimes for me to understand why I have so much joy. So I'm, I'm so stupid sometimes. I, I call it stupid. I'll call, I love, love, love talking about Mark. Mark's stupid. And he's just over there giggling like nobody's been. Mark's stupid. But every trial, every problem we have means we're alive. If you hurt, it means you're alive. And God's moving in your life. And he's showing you a path through that. And even with those marks of stupid, we can have joy. And I prayed all the way back for this man. God provide somebody, a fireman, a family member, a, a policeman, a, a text dot, people that are there, pray that somebody will have the wisdom, speak to their heart, and if it's not them, Lord, speak to that person's heart and let them know they haven't lost everything. And you haven't lost everything this morning. Let the world know you've been to a fire this morning, okay? When you leave here, you've heard from, not from Wayne, you've heard from the Word of God this morning. Wayne, Wayne was his vessel this morning, and Wayne will soon not be his vessel here. I, I I hate that more, more than you would know. I don't hate many things, you know that? I'm a guy, isn't that right, Lurleen? No, me, me and Lurleen, we love, we love folks. We, we can't help it, you know? But I hate the fact that, that God's calling to other greener pastures, probably, because couldn't be, no, there can't be any greener in the corner, right? But, but anyway, y'all go with grace and go with God, and I'll let the pastor have it back. I just want to share my fire experience. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Rob. Holy Spirit 
will make you do funny things. <laughs> but when he moves you, you realize that it was nothing else but the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit being so powerful in your life. Others may think it's foolish, but you know it's the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you now. Thank you for Rob's testimony. We are grateful for the fire, the fire that burns in the heart of each and every person here, the fire that burns for Jesus Christ, their Lord and their Savior, the one that will see them through troubled waters. Thank you, dear Lord, for this testimony. Unrehearsed, unprepared, testimony of love. Testimony of love for you, Lord, and each and every person he shared it with, for he wants them to have the same joy that he has experienced. So we ask that we're all leaving, leaving on fire for our Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And now we go to hymn number 24. And uh, would you please stand?